Oh, it's finally Easter Sunday. Isn't that wonderful? I'm so glad it's Easter because we all know what today really is, right? It's a day we can finally have whatever it is you gave up, right? Surely there's someone here that gave something up and like you can taste it, right? In case you have not been here at Chapel Roswell, we gave something up. We gave up color. For the entire season of Lent, Chapel Roswell gave up color. And so we have been living in shades of black and gray and white. If you noticed, even our social media posts were only in black and white. The pictures in the columbarium breezeway that you filled out, they were only in black and white. The band has been wearing black and white. I've been wearing black and white. Our entire Lenten season has been black and shades of gray and white. And of course, this season of Lent, we have been rallying around the theme of focus. So we've been focusing on different scripture passages and people and perspectives and themes. So it's all been black and white. And let me tell you what, do you know how fantastic it feels to finally see pictures in color? It feels wonderful to be in color again. And I have to be honest with you, I have a lot of black in my closet. I wear it a lot, but now I kind of feel like I want to wear the most offensive colors in the world. Because when something's been taken away from you, it feels totally different, doesn't it? The Queen of England actually does that. It's kind of her trademark that she wears the brightest colors so that everyone can pick her out of a crowd. I've decided you're going to hear me before you see me. I miss the color. So now that I've told you what Chapel Roswell gave up, tell me, what did you give up? Here at Chapel Roswell, sometimes we talk to each other. So this is your opportunity to tell me a little bit. What did you give up for Lent? Anybody? Wow, I'm impressed, okay. When I was 10 years old, I actually gave something up and it was really hard for me because I, if you know me, you already know this, I love sugar. <laughs> I love sugar and all things that are sugar. And so when I was 10 years old, I decided to give up donuts. And it was a really big deal. And so I spent my 40 days of Lent and my six Sundays, so 46 days of Lent without a donut. And so as my parents took me to worship on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, all I could think about was donut, donut, donut. And Holy Saturday, that day before Easter Sunday, I went to the grocery store, and with my own money, I bought a box of a dozen glazed donuts. And before I went to bed that Saturday night, I put that box of donuts on the kitchen counter. I knew exactly where they needed to be because I knew the plan that I had the next morning. So I went to bed and I woke up the next morning very excited. And I woke up actually in the wee, wee early hours of Easter morning. And I went into the kitchen and I was looking for the box of donuts exactly where I put them. And guess what? They were gone. They weren't there. And so I looked in the fridge I looked in the pantry. I started opening up everything. Where are my donuts? 
And then all of a sudden I heard a voice, Marion, Marion. And I turned around and there was my grandmother. My grandmother woke up before I did, waiting on me. And she took my donuts and she stuck them on the kitchen table. And do you know that the two of us, before anybody else in the house woke up, we ate every single one of the donuts. And we talked the entire time. Just when you think it's all black and white, someone breaks in with color. Just when you think it's right where you left it, you get something better. And just when you think you're all alone, someone meets you there. Just when you think there's death, there's actually life. The Easter story goes like this. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. And while they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. And the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered all his words and returning from the tomb, they told all of this to the 11 and to the rest. And now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. And but these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. And then he went home, amazed at what happened. There's a story about a little boy. And the little boy was riding around with his family. And they're riding around town like any normal family, and you know what that looks like. The little ones are always in the back seat. And they always look outside the window. And of course, the parents are driving around and they come up to a cemetery. And it's very obvious there's been a new death because of the mound of new dirt. And as they drove past the cemetery, all of a sudden in the back seat, the little boy goes, oh no, look, one of them got out. (laughs) That's what the women said. They went to the cemetery and they saw that there was one that got out. And that's what we celebrate this morning because we know the one that got out. And so anytime now that we pass a cemetery, we get to say, we know the one that got out. And we know that story of life. And that story of life, it changes. I'm sure some of you are thinking, I didn't read the right story. Some of you may remember details of this story that I didn't say. 
I asked my children yesterday, I said, tell me the story of Easter. I have two. And I had two different versions of that story. And some of the details were good and some were not quite the same. That's what happens when you ask two different children to tell a story, right? They're different. That's what happens when you ask four different adults to tell the same story, isn't it? (laughs) They're different. And that's why we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all have their own versions of the story. The details are different. Some number of the women are different. Where Jesus was standing is different. The details are different, but the truth is somewhat the same. And so I will remind you of the differences In the Gospel of Mark, the biggest concern for the women who were present was how to get the stone rolled away. They didn't know how to do it. And we do have women at the tomb. Their names are a little different, but they were there for Mark. And then in Matthew, Matthew is the one you may remember that had the earthquake. And it was the earthquake that rolled the stone away. And then Jesus is standing there, sitting there on the tomb. And then you have John. John has Mary Magdalene as well. But then there's this little race between Simon and Peter. Who can get there the fastest? And then you have Luke. And of course, we know Luke always has more women in the gospel. It's just a fact. Luke always includes more women. And so we have three women and the other women And we know them by name, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James. And what's important about Luke, what makes his very different and important in this nuance, is that these women have to be the ones that were at the death of Jesus. They have to be the ones that stood at the cross, that were there when he was buried, and now there for the empty tomb. And so we have three women and other women who were the witness, the messenger, and the disciples, or the other gospels send the women to tell the story. Luke knows these women to be the story. And so these women are messengers, witnesses, and disciples. My friend, her mom died about a month ago. And her mom was a gardener. And her very favorite flower was whatever was growing in her yard that day. And so when she died, my friend didn't call a florist. She called a flower farmer. And she said, I need flowers for my mom, but I want a very specific thing. When mom died that day, there were daffodils blooming. Can you help me have a vase of daffodils? at my mother's funeral. And the flower farmer said, well, oh my goodness, absolutely. And she hung up the phone when she committed to that. And then she looked out the back door where her flower farm was and realized, you know what? Her marigold, her daffodils did not look very good. And so that woman called another woman for help. And that woman called another woman for help. And the plan was for these three women to meet at the church in the very early hours of the day to offer what they could in memorial. They were very surprised, though, what they found when they got there to the church 
expecting just the three of them, there were other women because someone found out what they were doing in town and one told another and one told another and told another. And the goal of the flower farmer was just to have 300 daffodils. And do you know how many showed up that morning? Over 2,000. And all of a sudden, there in the hub of the church, the kitchen, there was an assembly line of the other women. And they were taking the time to wash and cut and appoint and anoint over 2,000 daffodils. And while they were speaking in that kitchen, it was almost like sharing the stories and she was there with them. And it was almost as if you could hear, why are you looking for the dead among the living? My friend told me that she went to church that day looking for her mother's death. And instead, she saw her mother's life in every single nook and cranny of that worship service, there were daffodils. And she said it was almost like being in this incredible blanket of yellow love. And when she went to say thank you to the farmer, the farmer rushed up to her and said, you have given us the greatest gift you could. You let us help. And that's really the story of Luke. That is the story before us. It's a story that we're called to help. It's our turn to help. It's our turn to be not just the witness to the story, but the messenger and the disciple. There was another little girl and she was given 50 cents. She was given two quarters by her dad. And she said, I want you to go to Sunday school and I want you to give your 50 cents to Jesus. And so the dad went and picked up the little girl after Sunday school and she still had her two quarters. And the dad said, well, what happened? I thought you were gonna give your money to Jesus today. And she said, oh, Jesus doesn't show up at Sunday school. (laughs) If somebody's looking for the literal body of Jesus, all they're gonna find is old clothing on the ground. What they're going to need to see instead is us. So whatever it is, we stuck in the tomb. Whatever secret is we're hiding, whatever temptation in the darkness you may have, it is time to bring it out into life because now it's your turn to have a resurrection story. It's your turn to find out what your details are. It's your turn to tell us how many women were there, what were their names, and where was everybody standing? Because you know every woman in that church kitchen that funeral morning had a different detail of the story to tell, but the truth was the same. It is our turn now. It is our turn to help be the appearance of Christ for another so that they too know that the tomb is empty and there is life to be had. We don't celebrate the donut We celebrate the memory of the one with it. We don't celebrate the darkness. We celebrate the color that can come from it. That day, those 2,000 daffodils, do you know where they ended up? 
all around the town. Everyone took it and spread it to another person. And the message of a life went further and further and further. What just started with three women and a few others turned into a massive witness. A little boy named Danny, he was playing outside and he was playing with a caterpillar and the dad came out and Danny was kind of like playing with the caterpillar with a stick. You know how you make them roll over. Have y'all done that? And Danny said to his dad, dad, what's going to happen when this caterpillar dies? And the dad said, well, you know this story. You know that the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. And Danny looked at the caterpillar and he looked at his dad and he said, well, do you think the caterpillar knows he's going to be a butterfly? And the dad said, I, I don't know. And Danny said, you know, let's tell this one. It's our turn. Let's tell this one. Amen. Join with me for a moment of prayer. Gracious and holy Lord, we know that you are a Lord of empty tombs and you are a Lord of fulfilled promises. And so now help us roll away whatever it is that keeps us from you. Forgive us for whatever prejudice we hold. If we have a limited vision or an unbelief that keeps us from something, forgive it and put into our path a new way of seeing and a new way of hearing. And awaken us, Lord, so that every day we can be a reminder to someone else that there is nothing that can separate us from you. And we thank you too, Lord, for the Marys, for Joannas, for the earthquakes, for all the details for whoever it is you use to tell your story, we thank you. And may we begin to be those Sunday school teachers and worship leaders and volunteers in the kitchen. May we be those very people who are dedicated for your service so that we can share life with someone else. And Lord, for anyone who is grieving a death today, may you loosen the hold of grief and may it not become too much of a friend. And Lord, for the people who are battling an illness, or they're waiting for a phone call or they're struggling with some other darkness in their life, Lord, may you break it open and provide healing and comfort and light. And for the many people who are just celebrating being family, people who are just sitting together, holding little ones, trying to quiet little noises, may you be with those families too so that they know the joy of every moment. Pour out your spirit on this community of faith so we may go out into the world and be the people and disciples you have called us to be because it's our turn to be a witness to what we see today 
a messenger of what we hear today and a disciple of what we believe today. Amen.